Hey, I'm Kristen. And I'm Ashley. And this is Locked in a Closet. Join us as we tell each other stories of true crime, the paranormal, urban legends, and all things spooky. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Happy birthday to you. Oh, thank you. I'm (laughs) officially in my 30s i know i was 30 and i'm 31 now but now it's like i'm in the 30s yeah it's like a real number when i turned 11 my brothers were like okay you're officially in double digits now you're actually because the 10 didn't count (laughs) now you're real yeah (laughs) it's like that threshold number yeah Yeah. i'm a line yeah do you feel any different you having a great quarantine birthday oh yeah (laughs) so much to do no um I think I said this to you before. I'm like, as long as I get like the donuts from my favorite donut place, I'll be happy. <laughs> get your Which take in Ottawa, Susie Q, best donuts yeah. in all of Ottawa. They're very good. The raspberry one is my favorite one. I've only had like two or three from there, but the raspberry one is so good. Love it. Yeah. Their Boston cream. I'm not a big Boston cream person, mm-hmm. but their Boston cream's like, I'm that's the one I want. That's like the one I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We like fight over Boston creams in my family. Yeah. My brothers and I all love them. They're so good. Mm-hmm. Just donuts in general, though. But I they got to be good. Like, do you remember when Tim Hortons used to make their donuts? You know what? I don't even care because <laughs> I just I love care. Tim Hortons donuts. <laughs> They're so good. Uh, I really wish we had Krispy Kreme up here. Mm-hmm. I like there's not even like they're amazing donuts but i just get a craving for specifically Krispy Kreme once in a while yeah oh my and, god in the suit if you're a fan of apple fritters and you're ever in sault Ste. Marie, which <laughs> i'm sure you won't be but whatever um you never know there's a bakery called the superior bakery and they literally make apple fritters that are like the size of a dinner plate oh wow like, i don't like think i've ever had an apple fritter oh my god they're so good there's like or maybe apple in it it's so oh good yeah oh I love them. There was this I just place want on donuts. <laughs> I know. There's this place on Vancouver Island. I don't remember the name, but they make like gourmet cinnamon buns that are kind of like that. Like each there's like different flavors, and one is like an apple fritter cinnamon bun. And oh my god, like chunks of apple, like you said. And then it's just like ooey gooey, like uh, cream cheese icing. Oh, oh my god, yeah. I love cinnamon. I just love sweets. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. It's a problem. Do you want I'm a very sweet person? A strange fact about me always i can't taste cinnamon i may have told you this before what no i don't what yeah i just can't taste it. <laughs> no <laughs> like i always thought that i could and then i don't know how it came up oh uh my sister-in-law she gave us cookies one time or i bought cookies from her or something and what? there was cinnamon in them and michael bit it this wasn't the first time this was the second time when we like <laughs> figured it out for sure yeah he bit it and he's like oh the cinnamon in that is really nice and i was like Wait, so can you drink like, uh, what's that alcoholic drink that tastes like cinnamon hearts? Fireball? I've never had it. You should try it. I wasn't really a drinker. Yeah. But like, (laughs) if you can't taste cinnamon, I wonder if it would just taste like nothing to you. I don't know. The first time that Michael figured out that I couldn't taste cinnamon. (laughs) This is just a weird story. This is so Um, sad for you. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But I had um, an iced passion tea from Starbucks. And he took a sip of it. He's like, oh, it's weird that there's cinnamon in that. And I was like, like, what? what? (laughs) Cinnamon in that? What are you talking about? It's passion tea. Then he looked it up and there was cinnamon in it. And I was like, okay, whatever. Weird. And then, yeah, with the cookies with my sister-in-law, he like bit into one. He's like, oh, like I really like the cinnamon in those. And I was like, maybe he's just like like, hyper no it's me (laughs) (laughs) because one time he was making 
uh, pancake, no waffles for breakfast. And Avery was just like, we should put some cinnamon in it and see if she can taste it. Uh, Michael's like, okay, let's, like, let's do that. So they put like, apparently so much cinnamon that it was like inedible for him. Like he could not eat it. <laughs> and you're just like, mm-hmm. and I like ate the whole thing. And they're just like, did you, what, like, was it good? Like, did you like it? And I was like, yeah. They're like, did you notice anything? And I was like, no. Like, what did you do to these waffles? And they're like, we put what? a shit ton of cinnamon in it. I didn't taste it at all. That's incredible. I wonder if that's some sort of like gene. Like, you know how some people are like, I'm one of those people that like, I can't eat cilantro because it tastes like soap. I can't either. Yeah, it's so gross. And then I found out recently, um, was it papaya is the same thing. I hate papaya. So I'm like, you know, I don't really like papaya. I like dried papaya, but like eating like a fresh papaya, I don't really like it's it. It's so gross to me. Yeah, it's got yeah. a weird aftertaste. So that's so weird. I wonder if cinnamon like is the same kind of thing. That's so I don't funny. Know. It's so sad though, because like my go-to drink at Starbucks is a chai latte. Yeah. Which is like all cinnamon. I don't like what am I tasting? Sometimes though. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes cinnamon's a little overwhelming. So it's not the worst thing to like not taste, you know? Mm-hmm. It doesn't really give like I wouldn't say it's a defining flavor for much things. Like even like cinnamon buns, like it's, it's just it's, sugar. <laughs> it's yeah. It's like what you're tasting is the sugar, the brown sugar. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. Anyway, sometimes I wish I could, but realistically it doesn't really make that much of a difference. You're just a mutant. Life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not the worst thing to not taste. So yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it doesn't do I love, to me. I love like, learning these it. little facts. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's my life. It's my cinnamon-free life. At least you can taste things. I'm like, that's honestly like one of the the things about getting COVID that I don't like. I obviously don't want COVID, but like, <laughs> the, apparently, a lot of people who get COVID lose like their taste. Yeah. Have you seen the TikToks of people just eating like an onion? Yeah. <laughs> like, like food for me is stuff. fucking everything. So it's yeah. like, if I lost this, my sense of like taste and smell I would just be depressed (laughs) yeah my poor mom suffers from terrible allergies and like half the time she can't taste anything more than half the time she can't taste anything and like when COVID first started we're like oh shit don't tell me that (laughs) (laughs) but it's like she has it all the time it's not from COVID yeah yeah that's unfortunate yeah sometimes like we'll bring something over and she'll be like I mean, I, I think it tastes it good. Okay. <laughs> even though sometimes you can't even <laughs> smell. Like, it's so weird. Although, like, would it be a blessing? Because then you could just eat, like, food that you might not like. Like, but really it's healthy. healthy stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know if I would still, though. <laughs> no, I know. I don't think I would either. I'd be like, well, I'll try to enjoy it. But yeah. <laughs> or I'll be like, well, I can't taste anything. So I might as well eat shitty because my life sucks because I'm a yeah. victim because that's yeah. my mentality. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's just no fun. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <sighs> okay. So what are we talking about today? Are we talking um, about... We're having our Twilight episode. This is, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Are You Team Edward or Are You Team <laughs> Jacob? Yeah. All right. I've seen the movies like once. <laughs> oh, my God. I wish I've only seen them once, but like once every two years. I'm like, you know what? I need Twilight Marathon. <laughs> You know what? After thing after this episode, I think I want to go back and rewatch them just for the cringe factor. Oh, they're so uh, bad. Like they're so bad, they're good though. It's like a comforting uh, bad, you know. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I was like, well, I wasn't part of the mania, but I was like no. involved in mania. <laughs> like it was yeah. very much like my age group was like what it was. Aimed I towards. think. I think I just missed the boat. Like yeah. I'm just a little too old 
to really like, because I know girls my age were still into Twilight, but I think for me, I was just a little bit like that cusp before it could have gone either way for me. And it went, Mm -hmm. it went the other way where I was like, this is fucking stupid, but I don't know why, because I loved vampires and I loved werewolf. I love like all that stuff. Like I read all the Anne Rice books, like I thought for sure that I would be in it. I never read the books, but I remember when the movie came out, me and my best friend, because her and I both loved vampires and werewolves. So we went to see it. We were fully expecting on like leaving the theater, being obsessed. And she, I had to convince her to stay. She wanted to leave halfway through the movie. (laughs) And I was like, no, we have to finish it before we can shit on it. Like we can't just leave and then say it's the stupidest movie because it could pick up and it never picked up for us. And we, she was so mad that I made her stay the whole hour and a half or whatever. I had a very different experience in the <laughs> theaters than you did because I think I know, all the other for, girls were like crying. And well, we're like, I wasn't crying. I was definitely around people that were crying and I was like, what the fuck is wrong? With you? <laughs> um, but my like friend group in high school, we all went for like one of their birthdays. Yeah. And we like watched it. It was whatever. And then we went back home and one of my friends just like cried for like an hour, like an hour and a half. Oh she wouldn't God. stop crying. And we're like, what is wrong? Like, what's going on? And eventually she told us that she would just never find love like that. And she was really sad. <laughs> you mean someone that's going to stalk you and crawl through your window at night? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, <shame>. man. <laughs> Isn't that what we all Dang. want? <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't even think it's Twilight's fault specifically because I... I'm just not one of those people that gets super obsessed with like anything. Like Mm -hmm. I know, like I know it's a big joke now, even among Gen Z's, but like, I'm not even that big of a Harry Potter fan. Like, I like the movies. I like watching them. I think I read the first book when I was like 11, Mm -hmm. but it never became like my identity. It wasn't like, I'm a Hufflepuff crossed (laughs) with a Slytherin. (laughs) Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I, was, I don't know. Like, halfway there with Harry Potter. Like, I'm yeah. not going to lie. I definitely have a Harry Potter tattoo because <laughs> I like it a lot. But it's not, a lot like, of people do. It's no not judgments. my whole life, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, in high school, I made all of these little like ceramic characters of Harry Potter, but that's because I didn't want to do my actual work when I was in ceramics <laughs> class. So <laughs> I just did that because they were cute. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is like, that's fine. Like, some people are, are, that's what their personality is. It's like they like to have something. They're like a fangirl. Yeah. I've just, there's there's literally nothing that's ever floated my boat enough to like cry over in a movie theater or like wait in line. Maybe I'm just like heartless or. I think you're probably just like level-headed. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even give myself thing. that much credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't I'm just, know. I'm, I think I'm just apathetic about everything. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> like, God. Do you remember the yeah. emo song from like way back? Oh my god, mid apathetic. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I think of every time I hear that word. <laughs> Dear diary, <laughs> my parents wouldn't give me enough money to go to the blood red dead road, whatever the fuck. <laughs> I loved that. Let's song. just do a whole podcast of us singing that song. <laughs> yeah, I'm an emo kid, non-conforming as can be. You'd be non-conforming too if you were just okay. I know all the lyrics. It's a little sad. Yeah, me too. It's kind of sad. <laughs> it's been how many years, and we're still just like, oh, okay. Yeah, I know all the lyrics, <laughs> but like can't remember useful stuff yeah <laughs> okay who's going first this week i have no idea know, is it team edward or team jacob who was our last what did we talk about last week <laughs> we record once a week people so we should know, I know what we do forget. let me checking, look this up yeah i'm checking spotify <laughs> you went spotify. first last week yeah because you did allison and you had that right. great presentation oh which i want to quickly like 
not correct, but like, I think I switched from saying her last name from Perot to Perot and I'm, it's Perot. And I think I just, the French yeah. took over like the French side of wanting to pronounce, not pronounce the T. So for every time I said Perot, I meant Perot. Because okay. <laughs> I listened to that episode back and I went, ah, oh, why yeah. did I start? Why did I switch the pronunciation there? It's wrong. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, um, <laughs> I halfway through writing my notes, switched the name of the city. <laughs> I was putting a C instead of an N for some reason and I don't know why and then I was like trying to google stuff and I was like why is nothing coming up and I was like oh because you're an idiot like (laughs) you just changed the name of a whole city yeah (laughs) okay anyway okay I'll go first all right so she is team Jacob Edward I'm team Edward Edward sorry I'm team (laughs) Jacob wait so wait before we get into this are which were you in the twilight oh I was team Edward 100% I was team Jacob. <laughs> yeah, no, I just thought he was really annoying. I mean, up until the and point also where... I loved Robert Pattinson, so that helped. <laughs> yeah, I think up until the point where he fell in love with a child. Yeah, all the Twilight stands are like he imprinted. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. Is it it's so still weird? Yeah. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> yeah, no, I was never, never a fan of Jacob. I was just like, like she never won a chance was. of being normal. You know. Yeah. In whichever one it was that Edward like went away for a while and she was like buddying up with him. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) when is this going to be over? (laughs) Just, I think the, the one reason specifically that I'm team Jacob is the, the, the line hang on spider monkey or whatever the fuck he (laughs) said. And I think I vomited and I went (laughs) like you've lost all credibility. Yeah. That was a. Bit of a weird who wrote that line <laughs> oh my god i know i know yeah i think honestly harry potter helped me be more team edward because um robert pattinson was in one of the harry potter movies oh yeah yeah um one of them a couple of them i don't know anyway he was cedric yeah, dinkery he's great right 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 yeah okay so yeah i'm doing vampires this week <laughs> <laughs> in case you couldn't tell don't get me wrong i love vampires like Lestat. like i watched all the vampire diaries i'm a stan of vampires perfect. <laughs> perfect okay so specifically i'm doing the vampires of wilno ontario not wilco as i t- tried to type eight thousand times oh today. you were thinking of the band that's why i don't know what i was thinking of because i don't even know that band <laughs> <laughs> they're a good band okay <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to just do like a little bit of history first. Um, so the Kashubian people began arriving in Canada from north central Poland during the early 1860s. And the majority of them settling in Renfrew County, Ontario, specifically in Wilno, Ontario, uh, which is where Basil Barutsky killed one of his victims. Ooh, yeah. That's why which, we know that town. <laughs> both of these stories are so close to home and we did not plan this. I know. <laughs> it's so it's crazy. Weird. Like this yeah. whole thing took place in like, I don't know, the place where we've already talked about it on the podcast. A 500 kilometer <laughs> radius around us. Yeah. <laughs> so Wilno, Ontario is proudly known as the oldest Polish settlement in Canada. I didn't know that. Yeah, me neither. I bet they have really good food at the restaurants. And I'm like, pro- like pierogies. Pierogies? Or is that? I think Poland's pierogies. Yeah. Oh, God. I hope. Wait, what, is it Ukrainian? Put this in. I know. <laughs> like, wait, isn't it Ukrainian now? They do have good food regardless. No, they have, yeah. They have okay. Central and Eastern Europe nations. Yeah. So, all right. They have pierogies. <laughs> we'll give it to Poland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Kashubs, which I am pretty sure is what they're, the people are called, 
Um, they were Eastern European Roman Catholics for the most part. Uh, the first Ontario Kashubs imported an older folk religion into the Madawaska Valley. Their belief in folklore and superstition was a product of Eastern Europe. So there was a belief in hexes, black magic, and various supernatural entities. And nowadays we call this belief like demonology. No. Oh. So that's kind of what they were into. Interesting. Some of them, not all of them, obviously. <laughs> no, no. Let's just We're not here all. to generalize. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't <laughs> Except we? we always generalize. So Exactly. <laughs> And just Uh, because we do doesn't mean we should. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I guess there were some like identifying factors uh, that they believed in for finding out who was a vampire. So tales included that vampires appeared to be regular people who were born with a marking on them. Like a birthmark? Well, not quite. Okay, Um, literally everyone? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There were two indicators of someone being born as a vampire. Um, And I'm definitely going to apologize ahead of time for the pronunciation of this. I looked it up as much as I could. (laughs) Uh, But they're like Polish words, obviously. Oh, my goodness. So the viseki is what they called when people had a cap on their head at birth, which is the amniotic sac was stuck to the head, which makes me feel sick. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I hate to read a cap on their head and I was like, like a birth. Like a birthmark? Yeah, it was like, like a whole ass birthmark. <laughs> or like a hair? <laughs> like, yeah. No, it's the amniotic sac was on their head. Gross. Oh. And then the other one is the whoopee, uh, which is when they were born with two teeth. Oh. Wait, babies can be born with teeth? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. I think it's pretty rare, but uh, yeah, they can be born with teeth. I could see why they'd be like, vampire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always their fangs that come in. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay so the latter is the more dangerous of the two this is a direct quote and it's really weird yeah it makes sense (laughs) yeah so basically i'm just gonna paraphrase yeah so the whoopee you can like you can't do anything about it because they're born with the teeth you can't take the teeth away from them i mean you could but that doesn't supposed to do anything they they fall out yeah i guess yeah and then the other one the viseki um that one i guess you can prevent the person from becoming a vampire so what you have to do, and I'm very sorry, this is disgusting. <laughs> you have to take the little cap off of the head, uh, dry it out, grind it into a dust. Please no. And then when the child is seven years old. No, no. You have to feed it. No. <laughs> Why did I know it was going to go there? Isn't that disgusting? <laughs> Ew. I mean women nowadays eat their placenta which oh, i'm not oh. going to get into <laughs> i'm not doing <laughs> nor do i recommend yeah i mean i'm oh. sure there's lots of great nutritional benefits to it but yeah but you know what also has good nutritional benefits vitamins kale food, <laughs> food. um yeah so anyway that's i'm sorry <laughs> I wonder why seven years old though. Like, I don't wonder, know. Must mean not like something. where would they keep that for seven years in like the 1800s? I bet you in a little apothecary jar on their shelf next to the poison <laughs> and the like fish eyes. And- yeah, <laughs> so gross. Um, from what I can tell, the vampires just go about like living their lives like normal until they die. Basically, when they die is when the whole vampire thing comes into play. Interesting. So, <laughs> um, so after they have died, uh, their corpses are said to have risen from their graves at midnight 
I don't know if it's the day that they die or just at some point after they die at midnight. <laughs> Nothing was clear because this isn't true. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't believe this? <laughs> um, so yeah, they raise from their graves at midnight. They wander to their family's home and they kill their kin by sucking their blood. Okay, so they become vampires, like, after death officially. uh, Yeah. So, like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Stay with me here. Yeah. Um, So after they've, like, killed all of their immediate family members, uh, then they, like, move on to their, like, extended family. Oh, extended. Oh, so it's it's all in the family. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So after this, the vampire would go to the local church, and they would ring the bell of the church. So the legend said that anyone who heard the church bell ringing would die within a year. Oh my God. Yeah. So apparently in Wilno, um, there's a small grave surrounded by a white picket fence with a plaque that reads, if a vampire is not destroyed before he is buried, that he will rise again and carry off his relatives and others in the neighborhood. But I couldn't actually find any proof of that. Like I looked for like a picture of that for so long and I couldn't find anything. So... Oh man, if it wasn't like locked down, I'd be like, let's go. I know. <laughs> I know. Eventually, but we I do want to do a little like road trip of I know, all of our like all the spots. things. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're all pretty close. Like they're right? all in Southern Ontario from what I can mm. find. Like it's not that far. Oh, I also found this like haunted bed and breakfast thing that would be so fun to stay at. But oh my God. Obviously not right now. Would it though? We say that and then we'd <laughs> we'd be like crying at night. Like, why did we yeah. do this? At night. Yeah, right. We yeah. Last one night. <laughs> we'd be in the car. <laughs> okay. So there are ways to prevent the vampire from rising from its grave at midnight. I feel like I need like a campfire and like I know, a- <laughs> like a torch under yeah. your <laughs> um, so one of the first ones that I read about is you can pour sand into the coffin with the vampire. So the idea behind this is that the vampire could only rise once it had counted every grain of sand in the coffin. Oh my goodness. But it was limited to counting one grain of sand per year. <laughs> oh, so if the, oh. <laughs> so you could put like seven grains of sand. You're good for seven years. Which <laughs> <laughs> is preventative. Oh my God, though. Like what if in like 2000 years, a, a, a vampire is finally done? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, like, yes, this is my time. <laughs> yeah. And then COVID's happening. That? So he's like, eh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. I don't need that disease. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one that's similar to the sand is you can place a fishing net inside the coffin. And that'll, it's kind of the same thing. He can, he, he has to untie all the knots from it, but he can only untie one every year. How are they bound by these rules? I don't know. <laughs> Like you're a vampire. I feel like your morals are already like yeah. <laughs> not really there. I love it though. <laughs> yeah. So other methods include placing the corpse face down in its casket so that it claws its way deeper into the earth rather than up and out of the grave. Because apparently cool. they're not very smart. That's Australia's <laughs> fault eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, another method was to put a tiny cross made of poplar under the vampire's tongue in Kashubia. Did I, was I saying that wrong before? Kashubia? I don't know. I don't know either. You could be saying it wrong both ways. It's very true. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Uh, they would use tiny rosaries, but once they like emigrated to Canada, this was changed to poplar wood. Probably just because oh. that's all they had. Yeah, exactly. 
And then finally, if all of these methods fail, uh, someone would have to dig up the vampire at midnight and either drive a nail through their forehead or chop off their head and put their head between their feet. (laughs) Sorry to say that when this task would be done, they would open the coffin and find the vampire sitting upright with its eyes open, looking around wildly and stammering unintelligible words. That's so creepy. That is so creepy. What if they weren't dead? (laughs) You know, all the stories about right? like, people like <laughs> accidentally burying people thinking they're dead. Yeah. I don't know. Also, also do- that makes me think of like, you know, those toys where you like pull it out and like a bug. Like, oh my God. I saw this. I've been seeing this all on TikTok lately. Yeah. That makes me think of that. Like you just like open the casket. Like I was like, whoop. <laughs> the rigor mortis like has yeah. them straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Because apparently I remember reading a thread on Reddit about like morticians saying that like that can happen. That like bodies yeah. can just like sit kind of up at, like during the, the process or whatever yeah i don't I'm know like what the fuck I don't also know. why didn't they just cremate <laughs> they're dead right i mean i guess <laughs> catholic they don't believe in that so maybe that's why uh, maybe but like if somebody was born with all the indicators of being a vampire wouldn't you just make an exception yeah, or right wouldn't you just understand that vampires aren't real yeah, <laughs> yeah i was gonna say <laughs> First of all, I don't think Catholics believe in that shit either. So it's I like, know. what What are we deciding to follow? Yeah. Um. So as I was doing more research into this, um, I learned that the like all of these stories are actually like viewed as really harmful towards the people of Wilno. So I just want to like do a little disclaimer here. <laughs> oh, sorry, Wilno. Yeah. Um. So the most famous publication of these stories was written by an author from Austin, Texas, who was employed at the National Museum of Manitoba. I think it's Manitoba. It says man, but I know it was in Manitoba, so I'm assuming it's Manitoba. No, he's, it's the National Museum of Man. Man. <laughs> no women or children, just man. No, just men. <laughs> um, and he was hired to conduct a research study on the subject. So he published an 85-page article called Vampires, Dwarves, and the Witches Among the Ontario Kashubs. Wait, there's dwarves? I, oh well, man no because it's all fake <laughs> he just made it all up <laughs> Damn um, it. yeah and this article was shared among like really big news outlets like it was in like the national Enquirer, which nobody ever should isn't real to. also <laughs> and like psychology today apparently had it and like a bunch wow. of yeah um so the article ended up being denounced on the floor of the house of commons and when asked about that whole situation a local priest from will know Um, He was interviewed uh, and he said, quote, I was amazed that such a thing would be printed. They're like stories my grandmother would tell us to scare us. It is possible that one or two nuts. (laughs) It is possible that one or two nuts have believed those or sorry, have those beliefs. But the implication is that all of us do. Uh, We get a big laugh out of it. We know people who have manufactured such a story just by reading it. Uh, That nonsense of driving nails. My impression is that he probably stuck a microphone under their noses and to get rid of him, they made up these tales. So like basically everybody in will knows like, yeah, this is bullshit. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, but everybody who just like hears it is like, Ooh, that's so cool. Like, us. yeah, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I mean, I get why they would be like, this is harmful yeah, for people to think about our city. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, why then is Salem not saying the same thing? Exactly, Salem. Know? And like on the last one that we did, like with the um Ogopogo and the uh, mm-hmm. champ, like they're exactly. kind of like embracing it, you know, but it's like you embrace it and you know that it's a farce or you or you believe it. But like 
I guess when it comes down to people's lives, maybe that's different. Like, because mm-hmm. it's talking about like real and people. Know too is like really small. Like it's like five hundred people. Jeez. So I feel like a lot. And if they are really religious community, they might be like, okay, mm-hmm. this is ridiculous. Like, what are you talking? Stop about? spreading the lies. Yeah, yeah, don't bring us into this. I think though, like like the way we're going into this, like we know it's not real. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, just like a fun story. And that's what I wrote too. History. I like, yeah. To kind of like finish it off. I was like, I think it's best if we just view, the, view these stories in like a similar way of the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot. Like it's more yeah. of a story to like tell your friends to like freak them out rather than like, oh, this is the history of our whatever. Yeah. Or like to take it super serious. Like even if it did happen, because I don't know now where, where they stand, like it did this ever happen or not? I think that they're just like no this is just a story that was made okay. up yeah. yeah that's a fun little story like a Grimm's brothers tale kind of thing yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah so anyway that's well now let's have to that's i had <laughs> i had no idea there was even like a vampire like lore in canada it's so close to ottawa too like it's, yeah yeah it's weird even if it didn't exist it's still fun to talk about because yeah. I mean, vampires don't exist, and yet all of, like, Europe was plagued with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a fun story. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't I, I don't think, like, I've never believed that vampires were real. Werewolves, on the other hand, Werewolves I used to be on the terrified of. <laughs> I still, I get, in the end, I, I talk about it. It's not that I believe in werewolves, per se. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. So, I am talking about the werewolves of Quebec. The lesser known song by Warren Zevon. <laughs> and I wrote, and that's a reference only people over 40 will probably understand. <laughs> it's the song that like everyone, it's like the song that Kid Rock ripped the rip off where it's like, do, 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 Hang on. What was the Kid Rock song? Cause I know his was all summer long. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But the the werewolves of London is uh, the original song that he took like the whole riff from. Right. Okay. And it also kind of sounds like Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. Because of Kid Rock. Yeah. yeah. All those three songs now. Every time They're I hear all it the start. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, the stories of werewolves go way back, like to twenty one hundred BCE, like oh that God. far back. Yeah. So apparently, the earliest story, like the earliest man to wolf transformation, was recorded in the ep- Epic of Gilgamesh which is like an epic poem from ancient Mesopotamia. I didn't even look it up because <laughs> probably wouldn't make sense to me. But of course, I think we're most familiar with like the stories that came out of like the Middle Ages in Europe, especially like countries like France and Germany and like their stories of like werewolf transformation. Mm-hmm. But I'll be talking about the loup garou that terrorized Quebec. Ooh. So picture this. June. Oh, I love it. Should I close Seven- my eyes? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> June 1767, Quebec City. Don't worry. I can't picture it either. <laughs> I have no idea what it looks like. The Gazette de Quebec reports that a werewolf is on the loose in its colony, terrorizing the locals stalking and stalking the streets. So just outside the city's stone walls, sounds like a castle, the, uh, a creature is said to be disguised as a beggar stalking its prey Mm. like what the newspaper suggested that the creature was heading on its way to montreal and warned the readers to be careful and i quote this is from the gazette de quebec we learn from saint oh i'm so sorry quebec for these (laughs) these pronunciations we learn from saint (laughs) roch 
near Cap Maraska or Camaraska that there is a werewolf running the coast in the form of a beggar who, with the talent to persuade what he does not know and by promising what he cannot keep, he has to obtain what he asks for. I think this is translated from English to French from like old, or sorry, mm-hmm. from French to English. So like um, this might not make like a hundred percent Yeah, it's like a direct translation. <laughs> yeah. It is said that this animal with the help of its two hind feet arrived in Quebec on the, on the last 17th and that it left on the following 18th with the intention of following its mission as far as Montreal. This beast is said to be dangerous in its species as that which appeared last year in... Jevoudon. That is why the public is urged to beware of, of it like a ravenous wolf. So this was printed in like the newspaper in Quebec City. Can you imagine if the Ottawa citizen right? posted an article that was like, look up guys, there's a there's werewolf. There's a werewolf and it came here and now it's on its way to Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that just boggles my mind. Yeah. It was speculated that the creature was the same species as the beast of Jevoudon. And that it arrived in Quebec on a ship after its kind was being hunted in the former province of Gévaudan in France. I'm probably saying that so anglicized and I'm sorry. That's okay. I couldn't do any better. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so apparently in France, for three years, this, this creature terrorized what they thought was like a wolf beast in, in Gévaudan. <laughs> and it tore out the throats of farmers and it was thought to have killed more than like a hundred people in this small like area of France. Oh my God. And it was said that the beast of Jevoudan was finally killed when the hunter shot it with a silver bullet, which is like the most classic werewolf trope, right? Like mm-hmm. the whole silver bullet thing. So I guess similar things were happening in and around Quebec City at the time that they thought that this other werewolf was in Quebec. Was it like a la- bear? <laughs> or an, <laughs> an actual wolf? <laughs> or a person with a or- lot of body hair? <clears throat> right or a fox or anything <laughs> like something yeah. more believable than a werewolf <laughs> right i'm um, so i tried to find like accounts of this beast like other than what was printed in the paper there wasn't much i mean 1767 or whatever mm-hmm. but from what i've gathered it sounded like livestock was found dead and mutilated and like people had gone missing and of course like people had said that they'd seen this creature so that's about the extent of like the proof of this beast right so instead of sitting in fear the people of new france which is like quebec now decided to fight back against the beast in october of 1767 they hunted the beast down so i'm assuming they found it Hmm. and they set their dogs upon the lukaru seriously injuring it so i guess like over a series of days while they were hunting it they would just like set their dogs to go and like attack it oh my god right and I guess at one point they they thought they had killed it because it had retreated into this like cave. But it wasn't until November that they, after they thought they had killed it, that they realized that they weren't victorious and that the beast was thought to have survived. I don't know why they thought this. <laughs> Again, no further follow-up. This reminds me of a show. <clears throat> I don't know which show I mean, probably. I mean, this is like an old, old tale. Yeah. So the newspaper further reported, um, and again, this is a direct quote, so if the translation sounds weird, not my fault. From Kamaruska on December 2nd, we learned that a certain werewolf who has been rolling, yeah, been rolling, been rolling this province for several years and who has done a lot of damage in the district of Quebec 
received several considerable assaults last October by various animals that had been armed and unleashed against this monster. (laughs) And in particular, on the following November 3rd, which he received such a furious blow by a small, thin animal, which we believe to be entirely delivered from this fatal animal. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what? Since it remains some time withdrawn its den, to the great satisfaction of the public, we have just learned that the most disastrous of misfortunes that this animal is not entirely defeated and that on the contrary, it begins to reappear more furious than ever and causes terrible carnage wherever it strikes. So beware of all the vials of this malicious beast and be careful to not fall between its claws. Okay. This was again in a newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. So after that, there's no record of what might've happened to the loop guru. It just, disappeared it was never reported on again in the newspaper ever just fell off the face of the earth yikes (laughs) yeah okay or you know maybe it was killed maybe they were successful we'll never know (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that story to me is like a little rather anticlimactic because when i first started doing the research of like the loop guru of quebec it sounded like there's going to be so much more detail and it was just like this tiny little newspaper clipping um but there are theories of how so that aside they do go into more of like how they think werewolves are formed and like how to defeat one so it's said to become one of these creatures you either had to have failed going to confession or you missed doing your easter duties seven years in a row Mm, i guess i'm one of them (laughs) (laughs) so i tried to google what easter duties were because i have no fucking clue i was like hiding eggs (laughs) hiding eggs Did you forget to let Jesus out of the cave when he, (laughs) so the Catholic church didn't really make it easy for me to figure out what the fuck, what it meant. Mm -hmm. So from my understanding, it's like you said, I think it's like confession and Lent and attending church. Like if you didn't do those things, which are considered your Easter duties, I don't know. I'd just rather be a werewolf. It seems like a lot of work. Yeah, it does seem like a lot of work. (laughs) It's said that the loop guru may not always take its shape in the form of a wolf, And sometimes it could be a calf, a small ox, a pig, a cat, or even an owl, or I guess like in the story, a beggar. So Mm -hmm. it's not really limited to whatever. And apparently the spell can last as long as 101 days, like that you're transformed into this animal. Mm -hmm. And it forces the person to change every evening and roam the countryside in that form. Okay. Like I'm not seeing a downside here. Yeah. (laughs) And the only way to save someone who has since been turned into a werewolf is that someone must recognize that that like creature is like that that werewolf is like your neighbor. You could see a werewolf wandering and you got to be like, oh, that's Pete. Like, (laughs) better go help him out. (laughs) But you, Professor Lupin? Yeah. (laughs) So you have to like recognize that that creature is like someone, you know, or that it is somebody in general. I don't know if you have to know them, but then you have to like draw their blood somehow without like what being mauled like what so like just like similar as like pricking them or something just something to draw their blood apparently it was really common to cut the ear off ew yeah and then this is the best part neither of you could ever speak of the incident ever (laughs) how convenient yeah like no muffin basket at your door being like thanks sorry i was a little bitey If nobody can talk about it, how are they? Well, like, I guess you can, like, they could tell you how to do it. But like, once you save someone from being a werewolf, if you like speak of it, I guess it like reverses it. I don't like, (laughs) 
who's watching god i don't know (laughs) (laughs) like also too like could you imagine like thinking that you've saved your neighbor and then just like them never ever mentioning it I think or like that's probably you actually just cut a bear's ear off and you yeah. never get to tell anybody about it. Right. <laughs> it's such a weird like why are these rules so weirdly specific? I like for your know. story and for mine. I don't know. It's really strange. Yeah. So there's another legend that's very popular, like from the Quebecois involving werewolves as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna t- tell this story because it's a little bit more interesting. And it's set in the farmlands that is now known as modern day Montreal. So they refer to it as like the island of Quebec because I guess Montreal is technically an island. Okay. So there was a farmer by the name of Jean Dubreau, probably saying that wrong, (laughs) who never did any work. And yet his farm and crops were the most productive on the entire island. His entire house and barns were always clean and in amazing shape. All his crops provided very bountiful harvests. Nobody could figure out how he managed such an immaculate farm by doing nothing like yeah which and he, yeah <laughs> and he would hire no one to help him so it was just like him living on this farm <clears throat> and strangely late at night his neighbors would report hearing an unearthly roaring coming from his property and then this so of course this gave jean a very strange reputation and people began to avoid him and going on his property mm-hmm. which like wouldn't you want to figure out what that noise was mm-hmm Finally, one night, after having far too much to drink, Jean's next-door neighbor, Alphonse, stumbled home through Jean's property as a shortcut. While he was cutting through the fields, he heard that loud roaring noise from above, and he looked up to see what was a massive flying canoe flying over him. (laughs) So also, there's also another, I don't get into this because it's not werewolf-related, but there's also another tale in Quebec about a flying canoe. So (laughs) it's like something in their lore i don't know that's so weird so when the canoe landed he claimed to have seen the devil jump from the canoe with a whip in hand and he yelled to the other creatures in the canoe to get out of it while like cracking the whip i assume Mm -hmm. about 20 creatures that walked upright like men but donned the coat of wolves began to spill from the canoe alphonse knew immediately that they were werewolves i love how he was just like yeah those are werewolves (laughs) In my professional opinion. <laughs> I've seen them, yeah. <laughs> As I mentioned before, they were men that had neglected their religious duties and were forced under the devil's spell. So this whole theory of like, if you're not good to God, the devil will take your soul. Alphonse watched as these beasts began tending to the farm, repairing fences, milking cows, plowing the fields, etc. Just basically doing like Jean's work. Mm-hmm. As they worked, Jean Dubrois emerged from his house to have a drink and chat with the devil. It was clear at that point to Alphonse what was going on. Jean had sold his soul to the devil in exchange for the work on the farm. Lucky for Alphonse, neither the devil or the werewolves had found him hiding in the bushes that night. And eventually the devil rounded up his werewolves back into the canoe and flew off into the night. (laughs) And apparently when the canoe, (laughs) when the canoe leaves, it like... It's like a jet, like a burst of flames come out from behind and like singe the earth. I feel like this is like a kid's book. I know. (laughs) (sighs) So Alphonse rushed to the local priest to tell him what he saw. And they came up with a plan to rid their neighborhood of the devil and his minions. So the next day when Jean was away in town, a bunch of men snuck to his farm and like would 
with buckets of like holy water and they sprinkled holy water like everywhere like all over his house the land the barns like the fields like everywhere mm-hmm. like, that's a lot of holy water mm-hmm. and then they hid in the bushes to wait for nightfall finally at the stroke of midnight the devil returned in his flying canoe and as soon as he jumped from the canoe his foot touched the ground and he was scorched by the holy water and he was like leaping around like shrieking in pain and rage because the ground was hurting him the werewolves, too, fled from the canoe in fear and kind of just, like, scattered. <laughs> this enraged the devil, as he thought Jean was trying to save his soul by trying to drive the devil away with the holy water. So he literally, like, tore off the side of this guy's house and, like, pulled Jean from his bed and, like, threw him into the canoe and then, like, took off in the flying canoe, <laughs> oh my God. scorching the earth as he goes. The local men then went around and, like, rounded up all the werewolves i don't know how you do yeah (laughs) and then they took (laughs) exactly they took them then to the priest to be saved so as i mentioned before it was you basically just needed to draw their blood so the priest all just like pricked them with a little knife and then they returned to their like form the form of man (laughs) form of man (laughs) and um when they did they were all like pleading for forgiveness being like i'm so sorry i'll do my easter duties (laughs) i'll find those eggs (laughs) (laughs) So from that day on, those men never neglected their duties and no one else in that town, like on in Montreal, fell under the devil's spell. And then Jean Dubreau was just never seen again. <laughs> oh my God. So you had, you had mentioned it earlier, but I wrote next, I'm sorry, but this does not read like a cautionary bedtime story yeah. for children, <laughs> but like from the church. <laughs> yeah, I can literally see like the illustrations of like all these like werewolves in a canoe. <laughs> like milking cows and <laughs> plowing the fields <laughs> yeah it made me laugh of how absurd it was because yeah. like <laughs> but this was a story like this was an urban legend that they i'm assuming told that's so funny but i, I feel like nowadays too we'd have far more like werewolves and loop gurus running around since like i don't think i know anyone that does easter duties <laughs> yeah really same yeah. <laughs> my I god just- that's so funny what an episode <laughs> right so i wrote another theory for these like werewolf sightings because we were talking about how like maybe werewolves mm-hmm. not, not vampires is like apparently long before like the english and the french arrived and yada yada like all the other settlers like obviously there's first nations people here and they have their own like gods and myths and stories and they have their own tales of shape-shifting creatures namely the the Wahila, the Amarok, Shukla, Warakin, and the Windigo. Oh, I've heard of the so, Windigo. Yeah, stay tuned because I think I want to cover this in a future episode. Because like, yeah, like I think all of these are similar, but I know mo- more about the Windigo. Mm-hmm. But they're like my favorite cryptid story of all time because they seem the most plausible and they scare the shit out of me. Oh, like all yeah. the stories. So like maybe that's, you know what this loop guru was and why no one ever saw it again because they didn't have a proper understanding Mm -hmm. of like what it was yeah that's the uh the legends of the loop guru in quebec (laughs) did i ever tell you that i was terrified of seeing a werewolf when i was a kid yeah there was like the specific hill you drove by yeah there was like one road that my parents would drive by at night and i would just close my eyes in the back of our van (laughs) because i was like if i look out this window i will see a werewolf (laughs) what planted that in your head i i literally have no idea 
That's so funny. No idea. Because my parents knew that I was just like a chicken shit when I was a kid. So they wouldn't have ever showed me anything with a werewolf in it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know where it came from. Where it came from? <laughs> you probably saw a picture of like a werewolf howling on a hill with like a full moon. And then that place you drove by probably like looked very similar or something. Yeah. Maybe. I That's so funny. I have no idea where it came from. but Because like, yeah, I, I always want to know where like the like if anyone knows where that trauma might have started from yeah yeah i am i couldn't tell you i have no yeah. idea <laughs> i never thought of werewolves as much as a kid i was always just afraid of ghost aliens I yeah i was very afraid of ghost aliens. and like bigfoot but to bigfoot, me werewolves i mean i lived in the city <laughs> like, yeah. not anywhere close to i never yeah. went anywhere in the country so bigfoot. i think for me werewolves and vampires stayed mythical for some yeah. reason yeah i don't know why yeah wasn't until twilight that they became such a huge hit <laughs> yeah well for you guys i loved it i would read all the Anne Rice novels and like all like blood and chocolate was like a vampire book and even a movie and speaking <laughs> of twilight this will be a good story to end the podcast on and it just deeply makes fun of somebody i went to high school with. <laughs> i'm but sure okay. he's not listening it's okay yeah, I don't I don't know. His, I don't even remember his name. I feel bad. I don't remember anyone's name from high school unless I was like direct friends with him. Yeah. But there was a guy that I mean, well, obviously I think in in my, my school was small enough that like if you're in the same grade, you kind of knew who everyone was like mm-hmm. everyone's name, whether or not you were friends with them. Mm-hmm. So there was a guy in my grade who I knew of um, and he was also like a super emo scene kid. So and so was I. So we kind of ran in like parallel groups. Mm-hmm. And he had decided, he was such a duper, super duper dweeb anyways, he had decided to give himself a nickname, which is Always also a great plan. <laughs> super cringy on top of it all. And sorry, I went to school, high school, I graduated in 08. So this is like long before Twilight. And so he decided to give himself the nickname Twilight. <laughs> and this was before Twilight. So it was it was still cringy, but not like extra cringe. Yeah. And I think he turned 18 while we were still in high school. And it was like grade 12. And I remember he came to school and from shoulder blade to shoulder blade. And I'm not joking, it was in the same fucking font. <laughs> he had Twilight. It was huge. <laughs> like <laughs> and it's I've so tried. Unfortunate. I have tried to find this guy on Facebook. I cannot remember his name. I've like gone through like friends of friends of friends who I know. Do you have yearbooks? Ah, they're at my mom's house, which is in mm. BC. So I'm like, fuck. But yeah, I I I think at one time a couple years ago, I had did did find his Facebook profile, but mm-hmm. there were no pictures of it. And why like, would there be? <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> I tell the story, no one believes me. And I'm like, no, I promise there is a man out there with the word Twilight tattooed along oh my his God. Do you think he also got New Moon tattooed on his butt? <laughs> he might as well have. He <laughs> should just lean into it, I think, at that point. Just like a full back tattoo. Yeah. Robert Pattinson on one side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think the best part about it all is it was such a similar font. Because it's like the Twilight yeah. font's kind of like that, that kind of like Times New Roman Times New Roman. Boring. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was just that that he got it tattooed in. And it's so big. Oh, like, I'm talking shoulder to shoulder and like i don't know neck to shoulder blade like it's massive that's so bad and i remember we made fun of him well not to his face because i'm a secret bully because it's high school yeah (laughs) but i remember my friends and i being like wow (laughs) and then when twilight came out i think we were all sitting around and i was like 
it dawned on me one day and I was like, oh my God, do you remember that guy from high school? He has a Twilight <laughs> tattoo now. <laughs> you definitely missed the opportunity to say it breaking dawned on you. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch Come it. Come on with the Twilight puns. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the credit. for You get the credit for that. <laughs> oh my. Oh God. That's so unfortunate. Yeah. So if you're listening, which I don't think you are. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I hope you got it covered up or something. But also, please send us a photo and we yes. will add it on Instagram. And to anyone listening, I promise this is a 100% real story. I have no proof of it. But like, I love it. I feel like I could contact some people from high school that could, could back me up on you. this. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, I love it. I think I might spend my night tonight trying to find this guy. Yeah, just send it to me. I need to see it. <laughs> oh, that poor guy. So ghosts, right? Next week? Yes. <laughs> Ghosty ghosts. Ghosties. And I think we're doing ghosts in Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Yeah. Which is fun. Which um, I'm excited for because tomorrow I am going for my birthday dinner. Well, picking it up. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting lobster rolls because mm-hmm. I have been craving lobster rolls since we left. We went to PEI like two years ago. And I've mm-hmm. just been like wanting lobster rolls so bad because when we were in PEI we were there for the weekend I think I had them like six times <laughs> anywhere we went I was like I just want one it's a snack yeah. <laughs> it's just a little snack yeah where are you getting them from uh there's a little seafood restaurant on Bank Street called the Pelican Grill okay hopefully it's open and take does take out because yeah I'm desperate for a lobster roll <laughs> most places are doing takeout right now yeah yeah fun mm-hmm. well have a nice birthday I will. Thank you. Well, You're welcome. Another. I mean, I'm not the only one with another quarantine birthday. I'm sure everyone will have another one this year. Yeah, I feel like all of us will, <laughs> to some degree. At this point, there's not much to celebrate turning 31. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. I don't know. I just. I just <laughs> miss like going to a restaurant, you know, for like special occasions. Yeah, we never really went to restaurants. Mm-hmm. Like, I think probably Michael and I have been to like. I don't know maybe 10 restaurants in the four years that we've been together yeah and same. like I'm starting to miss it now the other day I was like you know yeah. what I want to do I just want to go to the movies and like we never go to the movies but I same. just want to go <laughs> it's it's we never eat out that much like even takeout just because we well where we live too we're pretty far from things so by the time we get home it's like cold or soggy yeah, yeah. um but we did go out for dinners on special occasions, like anniversaries, like birthdays. And I just miss that. Like it happened three or four times a year, probably. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not even getting that. And same, like we would go see like certain movies. If like they were big enough that we were excited for, we'd go to the theater. Otherwise we would just like wait. Yeah. We went to the movies twice ever. <laughs> Once yeah. was for my brother's birthday with the kids and stuff. <laughs> like we went to go see Wreck-It Ralph too, which was actually really fun. <laughs> and then we went to Love see the Joker movies. when it came out, like the... um joaquin phoenix one. Oh yeah and that was yeah, it yeah. those were the only two times michael and i have ever been to the movies <laughs> but, really yeah like i just i don't know it's our first date was do. a movie it was so oh, cliche yeah we went to a movie we saw avatar because that's oh, how yeah. long ago we've been together <laughs> michael and i just went to uh dinner for our first yeah. date and then we went back to his house and watched a movie which i wouldn't normally <laughs> condone but i mean it worked out for us yeah exactly <laughs> i know there's so many things that like like the day I met Jeff, this the story I'll just tell it really quickly was we were going to a friend inv- invited me to a bonfire literally in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> like 
when you live in BC, pretty much a lot of things are in the middle of nowhere. It was like a <laughs> lake and people go mudding there and they have bonfires at night. And I, I was driving like a Honda Civic. There's no way my car was getting down this. It's literally a logging road. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, well, we'll all meet at, I think it was like a grocery store, or a friend's house or whatever. We'll like get groceries and beer and supplies. And then those who can't like drive, like who has like cars can get in the, like the trucks with the guys. So sexist. <laughs> and so we did that. And it just ha- so happened that there was like a very even amount of guys to girls. Mm-hmm. And my one friend had gotten to gotten in the truck with my, the one, the one guy friend that invited us. And he had like just a little two seater truck. And I was like, cool okay you took the one person I fucking know and then my other friend jumped in the car with somebody else and then like Jeff was like the all by himself and I could have went and sat with my friend in the other car Mm -hmm. but I was like I looked at him and I was like you know it would be really rude if he had to drive by himself yeah and it was pretty cute so I was like (laughs) but I was like shy as hell and I was like so I I was just like you know what fuck it I got into a strange guy's car and we drove down a logging road in the middle of the night (laughs) I mean, it worked out. It worked out. I did, I'm not not murdered. I feel like now I know better. No yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. Don't Michael and I met on Don't Plenty of Fish. So we met online and we talked for, I think, like two days. And then he asked me on a date. And normally I'd be like, mm, no, but like I had a good feeling. So I was like, yeah, OK. And like normally he wouldn't ask somebody out that quickly either. Mm hmm. Two days is not yeah. too bad. I remember doing like the plenty of fish stuff and like I would wait a lot longer because I was just scared of everything. Yeah. But I'm just trying to remember. I think we started talking on like March 28th or something. Our date was on April 1st, April Fool's Day, stupid day. <laughs> and then we officially started dating on the 14th. But like from like our first date, we were like obsessed with each other and like only yeah. talked to each other. That's so funny because our anniversary of meeting was on the 18th oh really yeah it was april 18th we went on the bonfire so it was like the day we met and then our first date was the 29th which is coming up it'll be 11 years 11 years crazy that we've been together which is yeah we just passed four (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh and in the grand scheme of things it doesn't matter i mean once you reach that like four three three years once you're married honestly it doesn't make any difference at all yeah exactly it's just fun but yeah, I just think it's funny because I'm like, I, you know, we have a true crime podcast now. And the way I met my husband is the way most people get murdered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least you're like with a bunch of people. It'd be different if you weren't all driving to the same place yeah. from the same place. Except for like on the way back, it was just like, I don't know, somehow we all got separated. So it was just like, and then it was like a two hour, an hour and a half drive mm-hmm. down this dirt road in the middle. <laughs> and like, so unfortunately, I think I might cover a future case there. This lake stave lake in bc like that is where people dump bodies oh there has, no there's been two like more than two but there's been two like really horrific stories of body dumps and stuff from murders it's terrifying i know <laughs> well lucky but it you out fine if we got married he's a good guy he didn't try to kill me and now you have a little baby yeah now, yeah, now well, you will teach baby. not to do stuff like that yeah don't talk to strange don't get in strange men's cars or yeah. women's he's the man so don't invite women into your truck yeah or you know don't also just don't go in it <laughs> men get killed too yeah that's very true yeah just crazy <laughs> what a morbid okay. thing to talk about we should probably I know. all right let's end it on a ha- well everything's happy because no one died <laughs> yeah there we go all right guys thanks so much for listening to this week's episode if you want to follow us, we're on Instagram at Locked in a Closet Pod, Twitter at L I A C Pod, 
and on Facebook at Locked in a Closet Podcast. Also, we'd love it if you would share your spooky stories with us. You can email us at lockedinacloset_pod at gmail.com and we'll share them in a future episode. All right, guys, until next time. Keep on creeping on. <laughs>